Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, 
phone, or in person visiting one of our retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, my visionary friends, and thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on another exciting adventure into future possibilities. This is Mission Evolution, where we share innovative thoughts and information with today's leading esoteric and scientific experts, supporting the co-creation of a better tomorrow. You, my treasured audience, are a very important part of this discussion. Email info at missionevolution.org with any comments or questions. We'll address them on the very next show. So grab your pad and pen. Take notes, sit back, and enjoy. This hour will consider It Takes Two to Tango, Evolving Beyond Abusive Relationships. These are volatile times that have no tolerance for imbalance or dysfunction. To continue embracing either results in total destabilization. One definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. If a relationship is unhealthy or abusive, it takes both parties to change. If one is unwilling or unable to shift, the other must choose to continue the dysfunction or remove themselves from the situation. By its very nature, continuance of uh, dysfunction is devolutionary. Given the energy present on the planet now supports evolution, devolutionary things have a limited shelf life. How can we tell if our relationships are healthy and able to weather the current transitions? What's our best plan of action if they're not? With us this hour to explore the complex issue of abusive relationships is author of The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and the Narcissist, Dr. Rita Louise. A survivor of childhood abuse, Rita has emerged as a gifted empath, talented clairvoyant, medical intuitive. She's a naturopathic physician and the founder of the Institute of Applied Energetics that trains students in the art of medical intuition, intuitive counseling, and energy medicine. She's authored six books and produced several feature-length and short films. Dr. Louise has appeared on radio, television, and in movies, and has lectured on health and healing, ghosts, intuition, ancient mysteries, and the paranormal. Her books and articles have worldwide circulation. Her website, soulhealer.com. Rita, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. I am, too. So your bio says you lecture on health, healing, ghosts, intuition, ancient mysteries, and the paranormal. That's quite a range. Why, why have you chosen to address dysfunctional relationships at this point? Um, well, you know, I wasn't really planning on it originally. Um, but going on two years ago, I ended a relationship and came to the realization, shocking realization, that I had been in historically abusive or dysfunctional relationships. 
And it was kind of like a giant Band-Aid was ripped off my eyes, you know, where I could actually see this pattern that I had been in since as long as I can remember and decided to do self-discovery and self-healing. And I'm kind of a hardcore researcher and obviously writer and decided to use my journey as a, I don't want to say platform, but to help other people that have found themselves in similar situations. Okay. You're a, you're a naturopathic physician. Where'd you get your training? Um, I went to Westbrook University. Um, they since have closed down. So, um, you know, they used to be in New Mexico, but not anymore. They went, how long have they been down? I don't, I don't really know. Oh, I mean, they, I, I, I graduated they, quite a while ago. So. Okay. I, I feel your pain there. Were they, <laughs> were they accredited at the time you graduated? Uh, they were accredited in the state, but not nat- nationally. I mean, naturopathy is not necessarily a nationally, you know, like insurance doesn't cover it, that kind of thing. And so um, even though they offered a degree, there's not any licensing or licensing available, except in a very limited number of states for naturopathic care. Well, would you mind telling us what naturopathic is? Sure. So a naturopath is someone who works with individuals using non-invasive, I'm going to say treatments. Um, So it might range from herbs and supplements. It might include dietary and lifestyle changes. It can include uh, things like flower essences, acupuncture, chiropractic can all fall under the that umbrella because you're not introducing chemicals and or surgical procedures into the person's life looking to adjust and repair what's going on in the person versus uh covering up the symptoms so did your education in in being a naturopathic physician include uh, psychological issues such as dysfunctional relationships Um, I mean, my PhD was in how our thoughts and emotions impact our health. Um, No, not really, but I've worked as a medical intuitive for a long time, well over 20 years. How's that? And, um, and, And as part of that, there is always this you know, I'm going to say counseling piece, spiritual counseling piece that accompanies helping people find health. So we'll be coming from your personal experiences as well as esoteric, uh, not your education per se, when addressing dysfunctional relationships. Well, you know, depends on how many books you say that you've read, whether you want to say you have education in that area or not. (laughs) So, but no accreditation or or degrees in psychology. No, ma'am. So your latest book is on empaths and narcissists. That's an interesting pairing. Why did you choose that topic? Um, Because one of the things that I have discovered is that individuals who identify themselves as empaths, especially if they have unresolved uh, trauma, tend to find themselves in relationships with individuals who are narcissists. And so it becomes this very interesting dynamic 
between the two individuals because they both bring to the table inner wounding and they look to heal it within each other. So let's let's start with what exactly is an empath? So an empath is an individual who is sensitive to the world around around them. Um, and so, um, you know, I believe, and this is coming from my more spiritual background, that everyone is able to send re- and receive and process information from the world around us. And there are some people that are more sensitive to uh, receiving that information. And, you know, and it's a continuum to some individuals being very highly sensitive to what's going on. Um, these people can tend to be psychic sponges where they uh, absorb what's going on. And it can be very challenging for them to separate out this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm experiencing um, because of what's going on with me versus I'm picking up what's happening in my environment or, you know, like at this point in time with all the craziness that's going on on the planet, what I'm picking up from the world in general. Um, And um, so are, are there any scientific studies done on empathy? I mean, is this a proven condition or? Not as many that as have been done for people that are narcissists. Um, You know, when you talk about being sensitive to energy and being sensitive to the world around us, there is a taboo assigned to it. I think that there are some studies that are being done to validate the fact that people can receive this information. Um, there was work done in the 60s and 70s about ESP and stuff like that, but they really haven't been followed through, you know, because I feel like it really uh, infringes on tabooed areas. Why, why is it taboo? Well, it cuts into, you know, things that have to do with church and religion and belief systems. You know, I give presentations on developing your psychic abilities. And so, and I talk to people about what that experience is. And many people don't realize that they are picking up information from other people or recognizing things that are going on. And so there's just this lack of knowledge. And so if you think that doing something psychic or having ESP is devil work, which trust me, there are a lot of people that think that, then you're not even going to investigate or be open to the possibility that that's something that's going on in your life. Well, there's a lot of people that don't believe that. And we started having curiosity about this clear back in the 60s. Why did it just drop off? I, I really don't know. It's a real mystery, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it was just difficult to prove um, because it's so subjective. Well, you know, there's the subjective part, but there's also the fact that we don't have the tools to measure it. Mm, yeah, there's that. Well, it is time for a commercial break. We'll pick up with this discussion on what empathy is and how we can tell if we're empathic. 
on the other side of a commercial break. Rita and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to Mission Evolution, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third-generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jenny e. as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit vitalityhappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that link some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Hello again, this is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. To all our faithful and thoughtful listeners, we really value your opinion and would love to hear from you. What do you think about the condition of relationships today? 
email me at info at missionevolution.org and give me your thoughts or questions so we can share them on the next show. This in from a member of our audience regarding the episode entitled, Suffering Over Our Suffering, Evolving Beyond the Trauma Trap. SM shares, I was surprised when your guest Michelle said narcissists have a choice to correct their behavior. If they have a choice, what do you do if they refuse? Thanks for reaching out, SM. I'm actually going to turn your question over to our current guest. I'm sure Rita will have some interesting thoughts on the subject. With us this hour discussing evolving relationships is Dr. Rita Louise. Her website, soulhealer.com. So, Rita, do narcissists have a choice to change, and what should their partner do should they choose not to? Everyone has choice to change or not change. Um, and so the the narcissists have that opportunity, but I'm going to backpedal here a little bit. So there are some individuals who are narcissistic that actually have a psychological condition called narcissistic personality disorder. Um, any of the, you know, uh, if they are, uh, have borderline personality disorder, you know, which are diagnosed conditions. So um, let, let me back, let me back up a little okay. bit. So, um, so there's just the basic behavior or personality type that's just, displays narcissistic behavior but in addition to that what you're talking about may be a brain chemistry imbalance as well medications did medication will not fix a person who just dis, dis, uh, displays heavy-duty narcissistic traits so if they have been identified as having borderline personality disorder if they're um, they have narcissistic personality disorder, histotronic personality disorder. It is considered a disorder, but it is not something that at this point in time is medically treatable. It is more, be they have opportunities for uh, behavioral changes and trying to learn to cope and adapt with situations better. Um, but there's not a medication that someone can take to make them be not narcissistic. Well, let's back up again. What is narcissist? What is a narcissist? So a narcissist is an individual who tends to be very self-centered. They look at everyone in their life as being there for them. They they lack empathy, and so if there is something that they want they will just go and get it and many times people that have fairly strong narcissistic traits um, will turn on their charm and kind of beguile you and manipulate you they tend to be master manipulators into getting what they want and when you ask for something in return they're really not interested in providing that um, to you they can have very inflated egos. They often need attention, both positive or negative. They really don't discriminate. Um, and they really are about getting their needs met and will use people to have those needs met. And if you are unwilling to do that for them, then they'll discard you and move on to the next person who is going to provide that for them. So what, where do these beasties come from? What, what causes a person to be narcissistic? So um, there's two areas that uh, seem to come up. 
Um, one is, is that the person um, has a lot of childhood trauma. And so they are the children that have the temper tantrums and mom and dad come over and coo them and cuddle them. But really what they're looking for is that attention. And so that need for attention is just constantly reinforced um, primarily because their parents don't have any boundaries. And so they're not taught, you know, to respond to and react to someone else's boundaries. Um, you know, some people, um, again, have it because there is a psychological condition going on, but many uh, people believe that, um, you know, it is because there is severe abuse that happens in that child's early life that um, leaves them that way. You know, we operate on what are called core beliefs. I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit more down the road, so I'm just going to throw this concept out. And in addition to their wounding, people that are narcissistic operate on a core belief that is called entitlement, um, where they think that they should get and have everything, that they are entitled to it. doesn't matter what you want but I'm entitled to it. It seems like we're seeing a lot of that in the world today, more so than I've ever noticed. Um, is it on the uprise? And if so, why, do you suppose? Um, I think that in younger people um, that, you know, there's the whole spare the rod and spoil the child mentality and, you know, don't leave any child behind. And so they are being brought up with a mentality that I do no wrong. And if you're going to say, I can't do that, then I'm going to have a meltdown um, or something else. You know, I've worked with a number of, I'm going to say young people, uh, 18 to 21, and they're brought to me because their parents are very worried about them because they're depressed. And, you know, because I work as an intuitive, I just kind of like look at them and it's like, well, hmm, that's interesting. You know, and the depression comes from the fact that they have to work now. And I don't mean like going to work, work per se, although that's part of it, but everything's not being handed to them. There's an expectation that they perform and they can't handle it because they're so used to having everything just kind of given to them. And, and that, so, so that that is something that I've also observed is that um, a narcissism tend to deal with depression. Is this what you're talking about? They don't they don't get what they want. Uh, their wants are unreasonable, and then they go into depression just because they aren't getting what they want. I mean, that's one of the ways that it can uh, present itself. You know, they can also become very angry and have hissy fits, <laughs> which aren't very pretty. Um, you know, they can bully people, you know, however, whatever they can do to get their needs met, you know, because the depression is just, well, you know, anger turned on the inside. Um, but it's also can be used as a manipulation tool. Well, I'm depressed, you know, and I, I, I'm not feeling it. And so now people are over there worried about them and cooing them and trying to motivate them to go and do what they should be doing, need to be doing, 
or or taking care of them because they're depressed and enabling them, which just kind of keeps them in that same place. So let's go back to the question that my listener poised. What if you're in a relationship with one of these people and they absolutely have no interest in changing? Uh, what are your options there? I mean, the options are you can stay in the relationship, but you have to have the expectation that nothing's really going to change or you can leave. I mean, and that's pretty much the choices. You know, people that are married to someone or in a relationship with someone that's an alcoholic and the alcoholic doesn't want to get help. I mean, there's groups like Al-Anon, for example, which helps the individual create separation from their partner's addiction. Um, all right, personally, I don't know that I could go down that route, but they become they gain a sense of acceptance. This is who they are. They are not going to change, and I'm going to live my life in spite of <laughs> my partner's behavior. Um, I mean, because narcissism on some levels can be looked at as an addiction to attention, an addiction to wanting to have their needs met. And so they're really not interested, in my experience, they're really not interested in changing. But some can, yes? I have heard that it is just challenging. You know, one of the things that a person who is severely narcissistic is they have to look at their own stuff. They have to look at their own wounding. They have to look at their own pain to heal themselves. And many times they don't want to. I mean, that's what they're hiding from in the first place. So that's the narcissistic why... behavior is an avoidance technique. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. And so that takes a lot of soul searching uh, to get in there and discover why you developed this in the first place and then choose whether or not to carry on with it? Very much so. Um, you know, I'm not a narcissist, so it's a little hard for me, you know, to step in their shoes and understand what it would really take to navigate through that. And there really isn't much literature on that healing process. Most literature says they're not going to change. Mm. Well, it's that magic moment. We're getting ready to take another commercial break. On the other side, I'd like to start looking at the dance between the narcissist and the empath, if you're up for that. Sounds perfect. <laughs> Rita and I will return to our discussion shortly, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. How would your life change if you could develop? 
the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money. Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on Skype, Xzone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution. Did you know our entire Leading Edge information-packed episode collection is available to listen or download with our compliments? Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. Our guest this hour is Rita Louise. We're speaking about personal responsibility in relationships. Her website, soulhealer.com. Rita, we were going to back up a little bit and touch back into the empath. How can a person tell if they're empathic or not? 
Um, so this is kind of my pat description for being able to tell if you're an empath or not, is if you're able to go into a crowded space and walk out unaffected. Um, I usually use Walmart, but I just had a situation happen this weekend that I'm going to use it. Are you familiar with Bucky's? No, it's I'm kind not. of a truck stop. I guess they're around the country. There's I live in Texas. There's one as I drive into Dallas, and it is huge. They sell clothes. They sell knickknacks. They it, it, it's huge. It's huge. It's like going into a you know a regular mall store. And I went in there because obviously they have restrooms because it is a truck stop gas station place um, and was going to go and buy a couple of snacks and a drink and whatever while I was there. And it was packed. I mean, there were like 20 people in each of the lines and people milling all around. And I'm very sensitive to what's going on. And I went to the restroom and kind of looked at the soda dispenser area to see if I wanted something to drink. But it was this whoosh, pass through. And I could not get out of there fast enough. Just, it was. it's like you go and your body starts to tilt. And you can't focus because it's just like an on, all on assault on your senses. So what, what co- it sounds almost autistic. What, what causes a person to become empathic or are they born that way? So, I mean, people, um, can be born more sensitive than other people. Um, they can also, so, um, there was a survey done with a group of individuals who identified themselves as being empaths. And one of the things that was um, uncovered was of the 1,300 respondents to the survey, clearly over 85% of the individuals who identified themselves as being empathic identified that they had experienced uh, childhood trauma and in many cases severe childhood trauma in their lives. So it sounds and, like they develop the empathy as a defense mechanism. It's like a form of hypervigilance? Um, not as hypervigilance. Well, I mean, that might be a good word. But as a way of sensing out what's going on in their environment. You know, they're at home and then dad comes home and he's drunk. You know, and it's not that they he necessarily says anything, but you can just feel it. You can sense it. You know, and so it gives you a strategy for survival by being able to sense subtle shifts in emotional energy in other people. And over time, that just gets built, you know, strengthened so that you can become more and more sensitive to what's going on. Well, it sounds like the person ends up in a continual state of fight or flight. Is that accurate? Um, That is a definite possibility. So if a person is is constantly in fight or flight, um, they're not in a very balanced state. They're in their back brain. They have no access to logic. Um, How can they discern if they're reading their past trauma into the current situation or if it's really a real and present danger? I guess I'm not really understanding that question. I mean, individuals that come from those type of situations – come out of them very wounded and um, 
that's one of the elements that creates the dance between the empath and the narcissist is that they both come to the table wounded. So let's talk about that dance. How does that work? So with an empath, so with a wounded empath, um, which, you know, to be an empath, in my opinion, the bulk of them are. Let's let me interrupt you for a minute, but can't one lead to the other? In other words, how do you know if you were extremely sensitive coming in and that's caused you so much trauma or if you were traumatized when you came in and that's caused you to be extremely sensitive? I think it depends on your family of origin. You know, if you were brought up in a very caring, loving and in a family where those gifts are honored and nurtured so that they expand versus get shut down. Our society, the the normal family, if a child presents itself as being sensitive, is for the family and or society to shut those gifts down. That is how we operate now. It is what, changing. What do you mean shut them down? How do they shut them down? Well, you didn't see that. Well, um, you know, I've had, you know, friends of mine, you know, that saw spirits when they were very young and their parents thought that they were crazy. You know, well, don't talk about that. They knew um, that someone was sick or someone was going to pass because they received that information on intuitive levels and they were told not to talk about that. And so they learned that if I do this, it's bad. And so, so they just down. disconnect. Okay. Yeah, they disconnect. But they're but they're still getting the information, right? Correct. So then how does that register? It registers maybe as body sensations or uh, you know, but many times they're just really disconnected from it. So they don't aren't even realizing what's going on to them and inside of them. So let's let's go back to the dance between the narcissist and the empath. What is what's that look like now? You know, so in those situations, I mean, if you are, uh, you know, and I'm going to use healed empath. So if you have good self-esteem, if you have good self-worth, if you have good boundaries, um, if you are good at loving yourself, then I'm going to put you into a healed empath, you're a sensitive person over here. But many of them come to the relationship, or at least in the dynamic that I'm talking about, that they're wounded. They have self-esteem issues, they have self-worth issues, they have boundary issues, and they have self-love issues. And so when those things are experienced, many times they operate based on a core belief that is called subjugation where they believe that the only way that I can get love and affection is by giving you what you want. So if I'm a good boy or I'm a good girl, then you are going to give me love and affection. Um, in some situations under that same category, the child can grow up and not feel like it has a choice and it's doing things out of survival because if I don't do it, there will be some kind of repercussion tied to it. And so those two dynamics kind of fall underneath this subjugation category. Another name for subjugation, which I think the listeners will be more familiar with, is people pleasing. You know, these are the people that 
they have a, their plate is full and you say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be moving next week. And they're, they're like, well, what time do you want me to show up? Um, you know, they really have a hard time saying no. They want to do things for other people because if they don't do it, you know, and this is part of that wounding, there's a fear that the other person won't like them or will end the relationship or there will be some kind of a consequence tied to it. Um, and so it's these individuals who seem to attract narcissists. So a narcissist, and let me kind of back up. So a narcissist has a very <laughs> interesting playbook. And it was fascinating to me to discover that they have a playbook. And it's a like step-by-step -step action plan of how they deal with their relationships. So is, is it, um, where does this playbook come from? I don't know where it comes from, but there's a level of consistency. And, you know, I just thought it was me, you know, and the guys that I met. And as I'm researching this information and kind of reviewing my experience... Um, there are countless books and countless articles written about this is what they'll do first and then it will transition into this and then it moves into this. So there is, um, you know, the love bombing stage where they try to, to get you hooked and they will spend countless hours and be the perfect person for you and you want the same things and there's this great dynamic and you, you know, they can leave the other person to believe that they're your soulmate and you've just met this great person and, and they're totally into you. So this is what the wounded empath is receiving this vibe, this potentially fake vibe from this person who is telling this wounded, you know, person who doesn't feel like they have any value or any worth that don't feel that don't feel like they're lovable. You know, this person is like so in love with you. And so they get attracted to that, which that they haven't really ever experienced. Well, we'll so, again, again, it's that magic moment. We're going to need to take another commercial okay. break, but we'll pick up on love bombing on the other side. Rita and I will be back shortly to continue our discussion. So don't go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right 
SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I love to hear from our audience. If Your thoughts are pretty important to me, so if you want to suggest a topic or a guest that you think would be of interest, email me at info at missionevolution.org. This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Rita Louise. Her website, soulhealer.com. Rita, we were talking about love bombing, and something struck me as pretty interesting in your description. You're saying that the uh, narcissist will sense what the uh, the empath really, really needs and is missing in their life and become that. Is that correct? I mean, you're in the love bombing phase, right? I don't know if it senses that. Although I do think that individuals that are narcissistic um, are sensitive. I was going to say, it in, sounds in the like general they're sense of the word. Yeah, it sounds well, like they're empaths. They're just using it in a different way. Um, you know, but they lack empathy, you know, and there's a difference between being an empath and having empathy. So, but we only have a little bit of time, so I'm just going to keep moving. Um, 
but it's also in cues that you give to the person because um, they seem like they're into you. And so you start opening up to them and kind of sharing your hopes and dreams because now you're working on developing a relationship with this person that's all about you. And they can take that, you know, and I hate saying it this way, and use it against you to make them seem better and make them seem more valuable to you and suck you in even better. And there's not anything better to a very severe narcissist than finding a very wounded empath to bring into their lives. So what's the motivation there? What are they getting out of it? So a person who's a people pleaser, it's like they give to others, they give of themselves their time and their energy in order to get love back. That's their motivation in the whole thing. Um, and they're getting love back from the narcissist at first. And the narcissist is eating up on all of the attention and affection that they're receiving from the empath. Um, but that changes, that dynamic changes because what, well, the empath is all about give, give, give. And the narcissist is more than happy to take every little bit of energy and attention that the empath has to give. So what away. causes the narcissist then to turn? Because they, they tend to turn, is from what you've yes, been saying. Yes, sir, they do. Um, you hold up any kind of a boundary. Um, you know, well, I have to get to work. Um, there is something going on in my life, you know. I have to take care of this small child. We have a child. I have to take care of the child. And now you're not giving them your absolute unresolved attention. You're saying no on some level to that individual and they don't take it well. And so they start using other manipulation tactics in order to suck you back in. And it doesn't take all of that long for their true colors to start to show and they can just become very mean and not very nice people to, you know, demeaning, abusive, violent to the person that they're in. And this is considered the devaluation stage where you went from being their everything to being the bane of their existence. And it's interesting because they can keep you in that devaluation place for a day, a couple of days, a week, a month, until they want something from you. And then they come back and they're all like bright lights and sunshine and they're your best friend and they love you so much. And so you're thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe things are changing. Maybe things are getting better. And then they get what they want and it goes back. You know, so, it's so, so it's you're this, saying that narcissists pretend to change in order to keep a person in the relationship or giving out, only to cycle back to the same old behavior, exactly. that being the projection. What what did they get for the projection and dumping um, that they didn't get from the, the love bomb phase? Um, well, but they get negative attention. You know, they get you being upset with them. They get you trying to... Uh, get them back in. I mean, because we're talking about someone that is wounded. And so now it's like, okay, my partner has just pulled away because they're giving me the silent treatment. And now I'm trying to navigate what's going on 
in order to have that person re-engage in the relationship. Or now they're walking around upset at me, which as an empath, you're walking around and your whole inside is tore up because you're picking up their upset and you're trying to resolve their upset so that you don't have to feel it inside. And so it keeps you in this turbulent cycle of not really knowing for the empath what's going on, always using all of your time and attention trying to fix or resolve or heal that other person so that you can go back to that person that you originally met and fell in love with. That didn't really exist because they were a projection of what you would want as a soulmate. Exactly. Yeah, so you're in love with a lie. Scary as that is to say, yes. If you're a person that tends to end up in relationships with narcissistic people, are there things that you can or should look for as you venture into a new relationship? Um, You know, one of the things that I think is important is, you know, do their actions match their words? So if they say they're going to do something, do they actually follow through? Um, There is, you know, there are actually just good people out there that might really be into you. Um, but relationships take time, relationships take energy. And so one of the things that a narcissist will try to do is to get you hooked really fast, um, into the relationship and get you positioned into a place where you can't really extricate yourself from the situation. So, you know, within months they're talking about moving in or marriage or something that is going to commit you to them in a more permanent way, having children, um, you know, so that can be another red flag. Um, you know, there's how they act to you, but you might see this other side of their personality where there's someone else that they're just nasty to And many times we'll just blow that off and and give them an excuse as to, oh, well, you know, they were just having a bad day. And I think people have to go into a relationship, you know, especially if you have a history of it, kind of with their eyes wide open and looking at what's going on and not glossing over things that can be potentially red flags. Do you think the people that have been had a narcissistic parent, do you think they're more prone to being subject to narcissists as adults? I, I do think that, you know, they are trained to stand there and take it, to give their energy away, to work in that people-pleasing way. Because if you have a parent that's a narcissist, the only time you're ever going to get any love, attention, and affection from that person is when they want something from you. And the rest of the time you spend bending over backwards just trying to keep them happy. Happy, exactly. Does physical violence oftentimes go with narcissism? Um, it can, uh, very much so. But I don't think that there is a one-on-one correlation for that. Um, but, you know, any kind of abuse is abuse. I think the physical violence really depends on the temperament of the individual, whether they will hit versus use some other tactic to control and manipulate what's going on. 
So it's all about control and manipulation. It is all about control and manipulation. Well, it takes two to tango. How can an empath change in order to not do the codependent dance with a narcissist? Well, one of the things they can do is to just really look at themselves and look at what they're bringing to the table uh, that is keeping them entwined in this dysfunction. And that's really kind of what the concept of the dysfunctional dance of the empath and narcissist is about, is helping the reader take inventory of what's going on inside of me, because unless I can fix me, unless I can fix my wounding, then I can never really experience a truly healthy relationship. So... Rita, would you mind, we're, we're close to out of time here, would you mind sharing with our audience where they can get a hold of your uh, books and uh, more find out more about you? Sure. Um, all of my books are available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they can also get copies of my books on uh, my website, soulhealer.com, S-O-U-L, healer.com. Um, and it's just loaded with articles and videos and all kinds of information in a large variety of areas. <laughs> well, you certainly cover a large variety of areas. And uh, we are just about out of time. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. It was a wonderful conversation. It was a real pleasure. Unfortunately, we are out of time. So uh, our guest this hour has been author of The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and the Narcissist, Rita Louise. Her website, soulhealer.com. Remember, our entire information-packed episode collection is available for listen or download free of charge. Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. This has been Mission Evolution with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I know it's crazy out there, folks, uh, and it's a lot, a lot of uncertainty. So please join us next time as this mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to our traumatic world. Mm-hmm.